Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, welcome back. Ross Tucker, of course, every Thursday with Mike Schoep and the Bulldog. We'll have him for you playing back in our 1.30 hour. If you missed that on Thursday, love playing that back in our Saturday afternoon slot. But let's go back to the Wester Hotline now because Will Parkinson joins me from Turn On The Jets podcast, which I was featured on earlier this week. He does great work. You could follow him on Twitter at WillPA11. Will, thanks so much for joining me, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, man. No, my pleasure. Um, so we talked a little bit about this matchup, and I'm I'm interested in, you know, short of just kind of knowing where the Jets are right now, they already have a win over this Bills team, uh, maybe outside of what has happened earlier on this season, like maybe what's the vibe amongst Jets fans of, of why there's a true confidence that they can do it not just once, but do it again? Yeah, I and mean, the roster is just, you know, so much improved from, from a year ago and, you know, kind of of years past, they've, they're pretty talented across the board, you know, skill position wise, you know, both on both sides of the ball in the trenches. Um, they're well coached on both sides of the ball. I, I think people feel really confident about the head coach, about the general manager for the first time. And, you know, God knows how long and, you know, we're right now, you know, there's the confidence that, you know, is around Mike White and, you know, the way he, so he kind of galvanizes the rest of the room and, you know, they had, you know, they're wearing the, the Mike White t-shirts and just this team has got a different feel to it. They've won games maybe they, sh- they you know, they shouldn't have. And then they've also beaten teams um, in the past, you know, going into Pittsburgh, you know, Green Bay, places where it might not be the, the teams of old, you know, at those places, but the Jets never win there. And they won there this year, you know, in addition to beating Miami and Buffalo for the first time in, uh, in a couple of years. So there's a lot of confidence on the fan base that, they kind of they finally have figured out the uh, the right nucleus of this team. So maybe outside of the things that are commonly known, and, and if you watch this Jets offense since Mike White has taken over, you know maybe past the eye test, I, I think it's very obvious that there is a different vibe in the locker room since Mike White took over. And not just since Mike White played football, but really since the announcement was made. There has been, you know, I would almost call it like a borderline uncomfortable amount of public displays of affection for Mike White that simply were not there for Zach Wilson. And, you know, I I think you could point to a lot of things, but I, I think I look at that and, and I see that as like a – it's almost like the Josh Allen effect. And when Josh came into Buffalo his rookie season, like he wasn't a world beater. There were a lot of issues with his game. The Bills were not a good football team in 2018. And yet there was this overwhelming sense of confidence from the team and, and, and support for Josh Allen. He was really able to like – 
kind of rallied the troops, so to speak. And I'm sort of seeing the same kind of thing in New York. And is it is just as simple as saying like what he does in practice and how this how this team respects him as like maybe just not just a guy that that throws the football, but as like a true leader in the locker room. And I mean, Zach Wilson had a C on his chest for God's sake. So like, I, I, how do you maybe describe the shift in vibes since Mike White has been named starting quarterback? Yeah, there was a there was a story this week that you know they passed out the uh, you know top 100 NFL players list that you know they do in the off season and apparently a bunch of Jets wrote Mike White down to that list so it's 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 become kind of a phenomenon like the fan base you know New York you know whether it's Buffalo or you know or New York City everyone kind of grab you know gravitates to that underdog kind of story um, you know Mike White's just kind of the adult in the room um, I guess that's the best way to phrase it you know that Robert Sala talked about it and you know he's just a guy that you know Mike White's kids and Robert Sala's kids hang out and you know last year when they were you know together and uh, you know Robert Sala was living in the team hotel and like all these different the you know, park complex and all these different things and these guys just there's a calmness about him when he's in the huddle um, you know you see some of the throws he makes the throw on fourth down um, I don't think you know I don't think you see that throw from Zach Wilson even if he's capable of making it it's just he plays with this you know kind of a rational confidence Mike White said last year after his first uh, first start he's like I know I went in the fifth round but I'd be, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, like, I thought I should be the number one overall pick. Obviously, he wouldn't have been the number one overall pick, but it's just that confidence he plays with, but then also the kind of maturity and being the adult in the room. Um, you know, like I mentioned, the adult in the huddle, and these guys kind of feed off that energy, and, you know, they like playing with him. You know, he practices hard. He first went in, last went out, all the, you know, all those kind of cliches, but, you know, he, he puts them all in a really good, you know, an advantageous situation, getting them to football, and I think these guys – you know, whether it's Flacco or Mike White or Zach Wilson, whoever it might be, they just want to be, you know, they want the ball in their hands and be able to get put in a good situation to make plays. And, you know, he's doing the best job of that. So between the play on the field and then, you know, the culture kind of, you know, that backup quarterback underdog story, you know, multiple time transferred, you know, fifth round pick, practice squad guys been cut the whole nine yards. And then, you know, he's come out and he's had some, you know, pretty electric performances. So I think these guys just, you know, gravitate towards him. Somebody mentioned the way, but Josh, I'm like, when your teammates love you on and off the field, it's uh, and you're producing on it, it makes your job a lot easier. Will Parkinson here on our Wester Hotline. Will uh, has a podcast called Turn on the Jets. Uh, I was on earlier this week with him. Does a great job over there. You can follow him on Twitter at Will PA. Uh, hold on, it's it's eleven, right? One one. Yes, of course. Yeah, um, it's 11, yeah. <laughs> so you know, obviously, a lot has been made of this Jets offense and the turn they've taken since Mike White has been in. But talk a little bit about the injuries at running back, because it feels like. You know, you guys are kind of at this point piecing together guys um, that maybe aren't the most well-known names, but are still getting the job done. And I think a lot of that probably also has to do with the continuity and and really the the better play of this offensive line as they continue to get healthier and healthier. Yeah, the offensive line will be healthier than you know the matchup from uh, from four weeks ago. Um, George Fant is back. Max Mitchell came back as well, and then actually went out with blood clots. He's out for the year now. Um, it's a pretty scary situation. They found uh, they found earlier this week, but you know George Fant being back, there's kind of some good chemistry now. Nate Herbig's played, uh, he's done a nice job for them. You know, filling in a right guard for Elijah Vera Tucker, who is on his way, the second year pro to being an All Pro. Um, so you know, there's that. So the offensive line's definitely starting to play better, and Mike White gets the ball quicker. But also, um, you know, you mentioned the running back position. You know, we talked a lot about it. Brees Hall is a guy that you know anyone that's in the fantasy community is obsessed with, obviously, and. You look at the way he produced on the field, he's a big play waiting to happen. You know, that kind of story that, you know, the Jets went in Denver, Brees Hall, 70-yard, um, you know, 70-yard uh, touchdown run. Um, but he's, you know, explosive player goes out of the torn ACL. 
Michael Carter, who was a fourth-round rookie last year, showed some promise. We'll be back to this game missed last week uh, in a majority of the week before the sprained ankle. So, um, you know, he'll be back. But, you know, the, the main name to watch on Sunday is Donovan Knight or Bam Knight, uh, undrafted rookie out of North Carolina State. Really nice player as a junior, has, uh, has shoulder surgery, kind of comes back and isn't fully healthy. And, you know, the Jets get him in as an undrafted free agent. Uh, you know, was supposed to be potentially like a fourth or fifth round pick. You know, slips out of the you know slips out of the draft. One of those you know, for, no one has really any idea why. Ends up with the Jets at a really nice preseason, nice camp. Runs, he's really hard to tackle. Runs incredibly hard, um, and has had two you know really really impressive games to start you know his NFL career. So um, the running back position is definitely you know running back by committee at this point, and it's a lot of kind of lesser known names. But you know, Donovan Knight's a guy that. Um, you know, you kind of bring, you got to bring your hard hat to tackle him. He's certainly a guy that's going to look to run you over and, um, you know, shown some nice promise for a guy, you know, failing in for you know, someone as prestigious as Bruce Hall was to start his career. Now tell me a little bit about maybe what you've seen from the emergence of Garrett Wilson and, and a lot of that obviously probably being tied to the insertion of Mike White into the lineup. But, man, it just it seems to me that – this sort of is – listen, not to take anything away from what Chris Olave has done this year in New Orleans um, because he truly looks like he's going to be on his way to being a true number one wide receiver in the NFL as well. But I, I think I look back, and I think we'll look back two, three, four years down the line at this draft class at the wide receiver position that featured, I think, some names like Drake London. I'm still maybe not turning the page on. I'm excited to see what he does with Spencer Ritter at quarterback and not Marcus Mariota who just you know can't throw outside the numbers. Um, like I, I look at Garrett Wilson as maybe – he's going to be the guy from this draft class you look back and said like like he's the number one talent in that draft class and maybe he could have and probably maybe should have been a top five pick yeah no Gary Wilson's a special player he's special in college I think for whatever reason there was like you know some question of oh is he you know almost too emphatic on the way he runs routes does he do, does he do too much at the catch point and like you know former basketball player you know insane you know vertical contested catch guy which you don't expect from a guy who's you know six foot maybe 185 pounds soaking wet. Um, but, no, he's really, you know, in the four or five game, I believe the five games he's played with Joe Flag and Mike White, he's put up, you know, numbers pacing at, you know, 100 catches, 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns as a rookie, which is insane, obviously. Um, the games with Zach Wilson, maybe not so much, you know, obviously, but still a guy that's, you know, going to break the Jets rookie record for receptions. Most likely will be breaking, you know, could break the Jets rookie record for receiving yards this week. He needs about 50 to break Keyshawn Johnson's record from 1996, I believe. Um, and then, you know, he's a guy that, you know, should be 11, 1,200-yard receiver at a minimum every year. A lot of people comped him in the draft, too. You know, obviously, you know, Stephon Diggs was a popular comp and just the away, the body type, the away, you know, ability to make contested catches, make catches at the catch point, you know, in the intermediate short game as well. And then the route running is, is special. So um, he's not a guy I think anyone's going to be trying to cover one-on-one anymore. I think he's a guy that, you know, you're going to shift your, you know, your coverage and, you know, he's a guy everyone's going to be kind of keying in on, uh, but he's been a special player. And I think, you know, when he came out and ran four, three at the combine, I, I think everyone was like, wow, there's no way this guy's not going to be a top 15 pick, top 10 pick. And the Jets were thrilled. He was there. Um, you know, obviously, you know, guys like Jake London, Chris Olave are nice, you know, nice players. And I think have bright futures, as you mentioned, but uh, I'm not sure there's a, a higher ceiling, you know, in this class, maybe Jamison Williams eventually, but there's not sure there's a higher ceiling than Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, and the Jets are they're kind of in a nice position where the likely favorite for offensive rookie of the year goes down and they have a guy right behind them who's, you know, could potentially win the rookie of the year from the offensive side of the ball for the first time in Jets history. And then obviously, 
you know, the defensive side of Sauce Gardner. So this, this rookie class is put together between those three guys, you know, a special, special group. And uh, Garrett Wilson's right at the forefront right now. So the other thing I wanted to ask you about, and, and like, you know, if you were going to do opposition research on yourself, right, and, and let's just say, you know, you look at this Jets defense and you say to yourself, man, there's no doubt the strength of this defense is at the boundary. Um, you look at the edge and, and what they've been able to do. Um, you know, Carl Lawson looks like he's really starting to get back into form following that that you know, injury that he started last year in, in training camp with. And, you know, that, that truly can be an 18-month injury, and I think you're really starting to see him look like the player that, that was flashing during training camp and preseason last year. Um, and obviously the two corners in DJ Reed and, and Sauce Gardner, I mean, these are two absolute studs on the boundary. But if you were to look at this defense, would you agree that maybe if you are maybe worried about one area of the field that the Bills and Josh Allen and this offense could potentially exploit, it, it was the middle of this defense? Yeah, I would agree. I think Michael Carter is a guy um, in, in the slot as well. Um, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him as well. You know, he's a top 10 grade corner right now, according to DFF. And you take that for what you will, but he's played a really nice job out of the slot. So their their corner group is, is probably the best, if not one of the best. You know, the defensive line you mentioned, when Elaine's playing at all pro level, the, the edge group, Bryce Hoff, obviously, you know, had, you know, obviously hit Josh Allen, had injury at the end of the game. Um, you know, all those guys are great. TJ Mosley's a great player. Quincy Williams has come into his own. Um, but there is certain times in coverage where you can potentially get at them. And then the safety position, you know, Joyner and Whitehead are both nice players. Whitehead's had, um, you know, it's actually a couple of drops, interceptions. The stat line probably should look a little bit better, but they do have times where the tackling's not as, as sharp as need be. And there was a play last week where uh, Kirk Cousins got, you know, kind of crushed and, and threw it up and um, both safeties didn't turn their head in time. So I would say that, you know, going forward here and, and specifically this weekend, the safety position, um, and whoever's playing, you know, next to C.J. Mosley um, or guys that in, in coverage, you think you might have a bit of, um, you know, that's where Dawson Knox, the James Cooks of the world, um, you know, I, I think could play a big role in this game. And, you know, the two or three plays that they make on potentially, you know, a third and seven, you know, beating, you know, one of the linebackers, you know, if it's James Cooks or Dawson Knox, uh, be able to take advantage of LaMarcus Joyner or Jordan Whitehead in coverage. I think that's where you'll see, uh, you know, you see a pretty clear advantage Whereas on the outside, I think, you know, it's, you know, we saw what we kind of, we were going to expect, you know, uh, you know, three or four weeks ago where the Jets are going to try to have anybody but Stephon Diggs beat them. And, you know, it's probably a pretty smart strategy. I also envision a scenario, and, and I know, like, the first play of the game or whatever it was, was Diggs against uh, Sauce Gardner. We didn't really see that matchup too many more times. And I think, you know, the game plan in that game was they wanted to deploy Stephon Diggs from the slot. So I think that the Bills understood that the place to attack this defense was the middle of the field. But for some reason, although Stephon Diggs lined up a ton in the slot, there wasn't this, I don't think there was a really smart, nuanced game plan on how to attack the middle of the field because you didn't see a lot of Dawson Knox. You certainly didn't see a lot of James Cook. So I'm really interested in the chess match that happens in this game because, you know, I think the Bills have revenge on their mind. I think that they are, they've probably, they had the extra, what, three or four days to prepare for this matchup that the Jets didn't. Um, I think that'll have some kind of bearing on on being able to self-scout. And, you know, I know from my time here, you know, being around the team, covering the team, it's like, you know, they're one of the better self-scouting teams in the league. I don't suspect they make the same mistakes, Will, but I, I do wonder, like, you know, can this Jets defense force a turnover or two? Because that really might be what this game comes down to. I, I'm maybe not buying the spread. Um, I still think, I think this is going to be a very close game, and it might come down to who, which team turns the ball over last. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, the Jets. The thing the Jets said better than I think anybody's done all year. Um, they've only given up a 225-yard passer once all year. That was week three against Cincinnati, which – 
was primarily on two really big plays that, you know, got corrected. That was the famous Quinn Williams blow up on the sideline. Um, they've been a top two defense in the NFL since then. So um, they did a really good job mixing up coverages with Josh Allen. They would, you know, show him, you know, cover two or cover three and drop into quarters and drop into cover six, cover eight. And, you know, did a really good job of kind of fooling him. You saw it on the interception with Sauce Gardner had on what he thought, you know, there's miscommunication with Gabe Davis, but I just don't think Josh read the defense, you know, properly in that one. There was a play that Jordan Wood had actually dropped um, where, you know, they tried to target the middle of the field and he just they misread the defense. The Jets rolled the safety down to the box that he didn't see. So um, I, I wonder how much they're going to try to do that again, mix up coverages. But yeah, the turnover battle is huge. You know, and the Jets, for, you know, they want one, the red zone, the turnover battle, I think is what it comes down to, right? The Jets were able to punch a touchdown in, you know, have that 10, 9, 10 minute drop, whatever it was at the end of the game, get 10 points out of that. They didn't turn the football over other than the one fumble. Um, and then Josh had, you know, two turnovers and then two other potential turnovers. And one of them was in the red zone. So if the Bills can capitalize in the red zone, you know, score touchdowns, not take field goals and not turn it over, um, you know, then you could see, you know, something close to what that spread looks like. You know, if the Jets don't turn the football over a lot and they are able to convert, you know, uh, you know, one or two of those field goals from last week into touchdowns or whatever it might be, I think this is a really close game. I think I know me and you talked about it. I, I'm not sure I'd buy a division rival game being the biggest, second biggest spread of the weekend. Um, I think that has something to do yeah. with you know Mike White's performance last year. You know, up, you know against the I mean against the Bills, but um, I just think that you know I see more of a 24-20, 27-20 type of game um, than I do you know double digit yeah. you know, blowout level game. And maybe it happens. Mike White turns back into a pumpkin. You never know, but <laughs> I would be pretty surprised to see that. Yeah, I agree with you. I it's a division rival. The Bills lost that first matchup. Yeah, I, I think a uh, I think a double digit uh, spread seems a little crazy to me. All right, I have one more thing for you, and this is going to be a selfish request. I need to know about Corey Davis. Last week, um, ten targets in that Minnesota game, five catches, eighty five yards. His most, uh, or it was I think it was the tied for the most targets he's had in the year, um, and then maybe maybe the most yards he's had in a game this season. Am I looking too far into that to say that like maybe he's a more consistent number two weapon for this Jets offense than than maybe he was earlier in the season with Zach Wilson? Yeah, so it's weird. Like, Corey Davis last year, Zach almost had like a tendency with Corey where he would feed him the ball and, and kind of get him in trouble, got him in trouble uh, in the New England game uh, last year. And, you know, it was his safety blanket. Uh, per se, and then you know, with the emergence of Garrett Wilson, Corey was out. Um, he had one of the weirdest games. It, you know, I would you'll see it probably on Sunday. He'll probably have a drop in the first quarter. Jets fans will go nuts. Um, you know, last week he had two penalties and a drop. Um, you know, early on in that game, and uh, you know, and everyone's like, "Oh God, like this is this is gonna be brutal." And then you know, has two of the biggest, you know, most clutch catches of the game. You know, in the fourth quarter, kind of you know, again the ten targets. Um, I think that. You know he's a he's the biggest body receiver that's playing the most amount of the most amount of reps. Um, Denzel Mims, the guy obviously made a play at the end of the Bills game. You know, yeah. uh, you know, four weeks ago. But you know, Corey Davis. It's usually Corey, Elijah, and Garrett Wilson. They've, they've started to get Elijah more back involved the last two weeks. Um, I still think that you know the target share will be more so. You know, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis. Um, a lot of a lot of throws to the backs. Tyler Conklin's a guy that had a pretty putrid game a week ago at three drops, which. Um, in his revenge game, yeah, sure right. that was maybe more on the mind. But, um, no, I think it'll be, you know, Gary Wilson and Corey Davis, the two guys, you, you know, you'd, you'd probably see the most amount of targets and then the backs, whether it's Ty Johnson who's seem- and Michael Carter, who seemingly, you know, when Mike White's in there, you know, gets six, seven catches a game just from, you know, the simple check down, swing passes, et cetera. So 
Corey Davis is a nice player. He just he's very uh, very polarizing in a way. You know, one quarter he's the, the worst receiver on the roster, and yeah. then the next quarter he looks like uh, the, the former top five that got paid you know thirteen million a year. Yeah, listen, I know it's uh, that that is when you don't have the number one guy. Luckily, the Jets do. Uh, a guy like Corey Davis becomes that much more important. I think that that level of pressure yeah, too doesn't. Properly. That's right. That's right. No, and, and that that's important, especially in the NFL, when you can really slot a guy into a number two position that maybe has been over, sort of overcompensated in a one spot. I'm, you know, like the the Bills could probably be the number one answer when they got Stephon Diggs here. So, Will, I appreciate you, brother. Enjoy your weekend, Army Navy. Not sure if you're into that, but I'll be uh, I'll be rooting oh, for uh, for, for Army Navy beat Army, man. Come on. Oh man, see that's where I'm at. Listen, I, as a former triple option quarterback, you'd think my elite. I know, like my high school coach is a big Navy guy. Um, I'm an Army guy. It's just for me, it's the it's the uniforms, it's the underdog mentality. Um, I'm 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 going Army today, but uh, we'll 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 keep in touch on that later on this afternoon. I'm sure, man. I appreciate you. All right, sounds good, man. Thank you. All right, Will Parkinson there of Turn On The Jets Podcast. Going to take a timeout, get another timeout in as well. Then we got uh, Greg Thompson at Cover 1 to kind of close out my segment of the show. Again, we'll hear we'll, uh, hear from Ross Tucker, who's on the afternoon show on Thursday, to close out this afternoon. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.